People deluded, I'm back again. Welcome back to my podcast. Another day, another episode. And what can I say, people? Thank you very much for always tuning into my podcast and whatnot. We're only starting out in terms of this audio platform. Still got some teething issues. In fact, I'm actually waiting on Apple Music and someone else to verify it. Um, I'm probably going to pull it on SoundCloud as well, just so I have a better RS. Is it RSS? thing to work with people as we move forward with advancing it you need to be able to control these things right now i'm doing it via anchor fm it was a quick fix but obviously that's all it remains is a quick fix we've got a lot to speak about people admittedly and the first thing i'd like to speak about is actually john barnes and Jaden sanjo now in relation to their well both of them have been very vocal on racism and, and issues affecting black players or bane players and whatnot and Jaden Sanjo um, gave some comments the other day in which he said something along the lines of players could be forced to quit. And John Barnes is, I wouldn't say he's attacked him, but he's attacked him really and truly. And he's given his, he spoke on a platform which I, I he's spoken about, John Barnes has spoken about it on, on TalkSport. First and foremost, um, I respect everybody's opinions and John Barnes, people sometimes disagree with his opinions and whatnot at the end of the day. He has, he, like, it doesn't matter if you're 70, 55 like John Barnes, 18, 19 like Sanjo, or 24 like me. Different, different generations, different, different whatevers. We've all got stories we can recount of racism. And John Barnes, I don't want to say it's the dark days, but he's, yeah, man, if you've watched them documentaries on ITV and, and obviously he's spoken about it, he dealt with some real racism from his own play, from his own teammates at times, from his own fans and whatnot. And today is still, it's still going on. The likes of John Barnes and um, the three degrees at West Bromwich Albion and, and every other black player, um, the Chelsea guy, Canovar, can never say his name. All of these guys, I say, they ran so former, so so younger black players could walk because obviously time has changed. But you got people, you lot know yourselves, man. You've watched the documentaries, the stuff these people went through. I have to take my hat off to them. I do think, before I carry on, that John Barnes and Jaden Sanjo, there's a bit of a cultural and generational disconnect. Um, but yeah, for what it's worth, I don't think players would quit football due to racism. But there's also a po- it's always a possibility, people. People will look to the money they get and say, oh, you're getting money, man. What's being called the black so-and-so or this and that or other derogatory terms? It's water for ducks back, you're getting money. But there's only so far money can go, people, before you lose your morals. And it doesn't matter if you're getting paid a pound or a million pounds. If someone calls you the M-word, for example, it's still going to sting people. It doesn't matter how much money you got, especially in society, people. I've spoken with a lot of high net worth individuals that they thought when they were going to make it that they'd be treated differently. But the reality is they're just another black guy. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a suit or, or, or whatever. It's just another black guy. So racism will not go away. I don't think players would quit, but Jaden Sanjo's allowed to have his comments because he's always repping people. We all know with the whole racism thing that's going on at all levels, domestically and here at times, and we all know about the social media stuff. But John Barnes' comments was, Jaden said he'll fall out of love with football. Let him give up on football. First and foremost, Jaden Sanjo did not specifically say that he said players could. He never said he would. So you're kind of you're kind of doing him dirty. And then he's gone on and said, let him go into the real world as a young black man without education, without football. Then he'll see what it's really like to be a black man, being racially abused, what discrimination is all about. I heard he signed a nice new contract. Is he ready to give up that contract because he's falling out of love with football? I don't think so. We are going. We are. We are going full. We are, well, sorry, people. I, I skipped a bit. 
As much as footballers want to talk about how terrible it is for them, look at what's happening to the black community. Kids without an education and without a job. We are going in full circle trying to do something to change using these black footballers what we should do and how terrible it is for them. They should use their voice, talk about discrimination and where it helps people. Now, first and foremost, I personally, John Barnes, as much as I respect him, I don't understand why major news outlets always run to him to give the exact, to give the opinion. I don't know what it is, but not all, there is there, there is a thing where black people have different collective thinking. So I will say that. Before I dissect his comments, I will say this as well. Um, TalkSport's a good platform, but I think certain things, especially if we're talking about the culture and the community, there's certain conversations, me personally, I believe you can't have on a platform like that because they're not trying to understand certain things. They're just there for sensationalism and clicks. Do you get it, people? They got what they wanted. Jaden, what you saw the headlines? Barnes attacks Jaden Sancho. Do you get it, people? They've made their money. They've got their headlines. They don't actually care. So when you're going on these platforms and you're kind of insinuating that Jaden Sancho is 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 happy, with, not that he shouldn't be happy with his nice contract. Kind of, you lot know the attachments that's made with predominant. Well, all footballers with money, but predominantly black players with money. It's, it's almost a crime to spend the millions that you've earned via playing football. Um, it's very dangerous to go on this to go on this platform and, and talk about money and how he should kind of shut up and be happy, kind of give give it that he's ungrateful and whatnot. Do you don't think Jaden Sanjo knows as a kid from South London? I think he's from Kennington, so I don't know about the Lambeth region and even if that's in Lambeth, but I'm sure that's all, all Brixton and, and Kennington and I don't know how far Peckham and surrounding areas are on Brixton Hill. You don't think he knows what it's like to not be with a job and whatnot? He's got friends, people. I'm not saying Jaden Sanjo would have done that, but he would have been like any 16 24 year old trying to figure it out whether it's uni jobs just unemployment or which some of our friends say out here people because there are periods we know the job market is messed especially for youths as well like myself we're not gonna have jobs for 20 years do you not think Jaden Sanjo and it doesn't matter if you're Jaden Sanjo Marcus Rashford in, in Manchester growing up in Manchester maybe even Trent Arnold to a degree in Liverpool I don't know for all of them sides Raheem Sterling better example sent Raphael's um, people get Northwest and North messed up, but it's a completely different world. You don't think these players know. You don't think people even. You don't think these players know if they never was footballers, they might be struggling to or be some of the things you said. So I, I don't disagree with what you said, but you'll be. You need to be careful on a platform like that. They don't care about the culture. They don't care about helping us. They do not care about getting to the soul, to the the, the the root of these issues. So you're going there and getting that Sanjo. You're giving them a license to get him as well. You've got. We've got to be very careful. There's certain talks you've got to keep within the community. I don't give a crap what people say. You've got to be careful. And those who are not involved in the community or actively in the community. They've got to be certain individuals that are skilled at listening because people on TalkSport are not listening. You think Alan Basil or whatever his name is, he gives a crap? He don't give a crap. He's not the one facing this discrimination. He's not the one seeing fellow black professionals um, called this, that and the other. We know it's not going to change. Twitter is not going to do anything to stop social media. The footballing associations are not going to do anything. Trust me, people, there's going to come a day where, rightly or wrongly, I know Ian is completely different, but Canton are kicked to fan. There's gonna be a time a fan is just gonna bang someone. Like he's just gonna punch up a fan. He's gonna a, a player is gonna punch up a fan. Sorry, and they're gonna come harder on that player 
in terms of punishment than they ever did with racism, people. Shout out to, to, to tackling homophobic chants, but you saw the minute people were getting out, um, were trying to be, dis um, were trying to discriminate against other sort of people, you saw it, people. Games are getting stopped. When it comes to racism, oh, no, there's not enough evidence and all these other lazy excuses, people. So I get what Barnes means about real struggle and whatnot, because if these guys weren't footballers, they'd be in the madness, people. I've been on the plan. I know how it feels, people. I'm happy that Jaden Sanjo really Nelson, all these other players. I always say in my vids, I'm happy that they're going and playing football because what life would they have? They would, they, they'd be, they'd probably be struggling like everybody. So this allows them to first and foremost get out of an environment, get put on for their family because we're all struggling people. These are not coming from rich homes and whatnot. So I, I, I like when I see these players make it and get out the struggle and whatnot because what would they be doing, people? What would they be doing? So I, I, you've got to be very careful, people. Jaden Sanjo never said he'll fall out of love with the game. He did say certain players would, and there would be, because you need to think about the mental health aspects of thousands of... I'm I'm, I could be exaggerating, because I don't know the specific number, but hundreds of thousands of people chanting the monkey thing. But you know how... I personally know how it feels to be called an M-word, people, because I, I don't want to go, in, go into to, to statistics and whatnot, and it's a bit unprofessional, but... On a certain train line and the central line, someone tried it in it and I dealt with it a different way. This was a couple months ago. I dealt with it a different way. God gave me fists and kicks. But um, I know how it feels. And to be honest, when they first initially called me, it didn't pee me off, people. Like, I, it, well, it peed me off, obviously, because it's, it's the M word, for God's sake. It peed me off. But um, it, I already did what I needed to do and, and, and dealt with justice in the way I saw fit and physically dealt with what I needed to deal with for all the verbal. Do you get it, people? Apologies. Do you get it, people? But by the same logic, when I sat down and I started to think about it, I started, it started to make me feel kind of mad, people. like it, I can't explain it. If you've been called the M-word, it makes you feel like less of a human and things like that. Um, so, uh, John Barnes, you've got to be careful, man. You've got to be careful. If this was a different platform, you could say, yo, listen, Jaden, I don't know where you're going with that. I don't agree. Because I think it's a generational discourse and I think they've been lost in translation. And I feel the platform John Barnes has gone and spoke on, um, I would love to have a show on Talks, but don't get twisted. But I have to tell the truth, people. It's not a platform for this. There needs to there needs to be a space where we can talk about these issues. We can speak about these issues. And outsiders of the community, if they want to speak about these issues, they listen rather than dictate the narrative and the tone of the convo, which they have done in Jaden Sanjo and, and John Barnes's case, people. Um, people can fall out of love with the sport, people, really and truly, man. So I think John Barnes is quite lazy, if it, just based on what you said, to assume these sort of things. Moving on, people. Apologies why the internet is being the internet and I have to sign back in. Yes, that's my email. Yes, that's my password. So that's John Barnes, people, yeah. I wanted to, the next one I want to get to is actually Lillian, Lillian Churam. Where's it gone now? I don't do this. Yeah, people. Let's get to it. One second, I'm scrolling down. Here we go. Lillian Lillian Churam outlined the reasons football football it oh, let me start again. Lillian Churam out <laughs> outlined the reasons football cannot shake off its racism problem. Um and he's gone on to say Italy is just as sexist, homophobic, and racist as any other country. The fans won't learn because all that happens is a lot of talk and no action. If nothing gets done, you give them the right or you give them the right of the way to continue behaving in a certain way. Evidently, those in charge do not consider racist abuse to be that serious a matter. There are so many people who talk, who underline need for change and then don't do anything. In my eyes, those who do nothing are on the same level as those who make racist noises. 
Some might get angry with my words, but that's how I see it. So people, it's true, people, to a degree. I, I, I get what he means. If you stay silent in, in, in any sort of discrimination, you can... I won't say you're as bad as the people doing the oppressing, but you are because you're kind of enabling it, people. Italy is stuck in the Stone Ages, people. We're going to get on to Lukaku. Italy is, a stone, is, is stuck in the Stone Ages. It's got to the point... Black footballers, whether you're born in the UK or whatever, do not go to Italy because, again, not everybody is racist, clearly, but the individuals that are racist are being egged on. You've got judges saying, despite the fact people actually bringing up video recordings of people doing monkey charts, there's not enough evidence. Repeat offenders like Kalahigri not being reprimanded. Matuidi, Montari, Moise Keane, Romeo Lukaku, and there's probably been a whole other sort of players that have fell victim to these particular sets of fans. Not, not only have you got the fans denying it, you've got Inter Milan kind of Inter Milan fans for their new sign Lukaku kind of supporting the bullshit people. Forgive my language, it gets a bit too much at times. Kind of, kind of, kind of supporting it and basically saying we're not racist. We make racist noises to kind of annoy you and to kind of praise you. I mean, I know people take black man for idiot, but you can't take us for that that stupid people. Italy is stuck in the Stone Ages. It's a lost cause, people. They do not care for racism, fixing racism. They do not care. They show it the most. They they do not care. Yeah, there'll be solidarity and there might be fancy slogans and bare free lip service as clubs do and people do for these things. But it won't happen. It's very much in times with things, whether it's sadly with world tragedies as well, when the Eiffel Tower gets lighted up. People like to feel that they're doing everything, doing something positive, but not doing something. And what does that say about society, people? I'm not saying everybody can help everybody, but it's free lip service. If you Think about it, people. If you, on the other hand, listening to this or watching this because I've got my camera, if I call you something derogatory, people, think about it. And then your friend says, say no to racism. You just, rather than do something to try and either educate me or make me face punishment, I'm at, your friend's there saying, oh, no, nah, man, say no to racism. We shouldn't discriminate. And all the other things you know, it's going to it's gonna take you for it. It's going to annoy you, people. It is, it's got to the point. These racist messages or anti-racist messages, pardon me, people, it's free lip service. And it's, it's somewhat condescending now. It is, it's condescending. Like Churam's been through it, man. Churam is he speaks on a lot of things about life, people. And and he's lived in Italy and and grown there. And I think his boy was born there. Like he said, they don't care, people. The people at the top don't care. It's past the stage of being educated. These are educated fans, people. They know they're fully aware of the chance they're doing. They just don't care. They don't consider the black man or black individual or anyone. Um, on their level in terms of if you being a human being. So they can all just do one to be fair. But moving on, it said. It shouldn't be surprising, considering those same Inter Milan ultras were penalised last year for racist chants against Koulibaly and used the same defence. The fans won't learn. Wait, I've already got that. Yeah, I think... Sorry, people. Let's move on. In France, for example, the refs have been interrupting games in the case of homophobia in the stands, sending the teams off the field in a way of educating people. I don't see no such statement happening in Italy. When you talk about racism in Italian football, you have to understand this isn't about sport. There's racism in Italy, France, European and in general white culture. Some whites have decided they're superior to blacks and can therefore do anything to them. Unfortunately, it's been going on for centuries and it's not easy to change such an ingrained culture. People, that's facts, people. Like, that's facts. Again, you've, there's going to be idiots in my comments and idiots like, oh, he mentioned white. No, he's not talking about every white person or every other individual in the world. He is talking about those who sit there and think, okay, he's black. I am smarter than him. We are better than him. He, I am, do you get it, people? And you shouldn't do that regardless of if you're black, white, Jamaican, English, regardless of where you're from and what you look like. Judge a man or woman or 
one woman or whatever, whatever you want to identify as in this in this day and age, for their principles, not their skin colour. And it is true, people. It, it, it is true. It is it, it, it is true. It is true. I mean, you, you're seeing it with black culture. You're seeing it with black managers. You're seeing it in all over. If a black person makes a, a fuss, they're either playing the race card, they either should be lucky or nothing gets done, people. Again, I'm not p putting two causes against the other because you can be black and gay, of course, but the homophobic chance. How, again, it's always been going on. But I, when have you seen a game stop due to racism? You've seen incidences of players walking off, but when have you seen that, people? So what is that telling you? Is that telling you necessarily care about issues affecting black people? Who knows, people? Like I said at the start, the one day one of these players is going to have enough and do something about it themselves, they're going to come down harder on him or whoever, or that group of players, harder than they've ever come down on the clubs or these individuals, people. Um, it's, it's crazy. Um, he's gone on to say, how many years have we seen that type of reaction? At the end of the day, everyone says it's serious, but nobody finds a solution. That means there is an extraordinary hypocrisy and nobody wants to resolve the problem. This happened in Italy when Pogba was offended on social networks. I mean, England, sorry. A coach made a hypocritical comment saying we should boycott social media because certain behaviour was intolerable. But, that but this same manager in the past said games should not be suspended if they are racist chants. So again, bare lip service. People like to feel like they're doing stuff without nothing, people, really and truly. Everyone says we should do something and then don't really do anything. That way the racists think they're right. Clubs must feel responsible for what happens with a what happens within a closed environment like a football stadium. When I say responsible, that doesn't mean culpable. Clubs must say, these people are in our home, so what can we do? If nobody feels responsible, nobody, nobody, nothing gets done. There are rules allowing them to stop games if they're racist behaviour, but they pretend not to hear it. Do you see what I'm saying, people? The only way is that, that again... The whole boycotting thing, how we do it strategically is a different thing, but something's got to change, people. It's not It's, it's, it's not going to change at all, people. Um, he's gone on to say, when you're black, you received an, when you're black and you receive a racist insult... Let me start again. I'm moving like I can't read today, people. Because it's all... If, do you know what? The article I read was Italian and it's translated off Google so into English, so some of it don't necessarily make sense. But carrying on, it said, when you are black... You have received a racist incident, at racist insult at least once in your life. It's not just about football. It's hypocritical to pretend this is fo purely a football fan issue. And Italy does have a problem, people. It does have a, it does have a problem. Not all regions, but it, it, it does have a problem. For instance, my manager, who is white, told me don't go Naples. Like he told me don't go Naples for obvious reasons, and it has an issue. It, uh, there's very few black people that have been to Italy without some sort of issue um, in regards to racism. There are some that have, but there's also an issue. And we've got to remember. Did you see? a video with some Italians not I'm not again I'm not saying Italians are racist but there clearly is an issue people within that culture do you not remember when the migrants were drowning and people are recording them drowning and smiling people so that tells you already that some individuals within that country don't consider a black person human because if you can see someone drowning and physically fighting for their lives and you're recording it and smiling you are the, you, you you are evil people you are evil it doesn't matter what skin color the person is surely you're evil people you have to be crazy people He's gone on to say, it's good that black that black players stand up for Lukaku and others, but black players aren't the ones with the problem. We need white people who find a solution to their problem. If they consider themselves more important and express that with monkey noises, it means they have an inferior complex. Black people would not treat black, white people like that for any reason. History stays so. So there's all obviously connotations about other things. And it is very true to a degree, people. There is there is no way there is no way around that. We do need 
white players to stand up and other players. It's nice for Gary Nev to say this and Harry Kane to say he would walk. I'm not saying this. Again, I'm not blaming Harry Kane, but I'm just using him. Harry Kane said he would walk off the field. We need players to do it. Again, when it happens, we need these players to stand with us and do this thing because we can't do it alone. Because right now it's just seen as something we're moaning about and playing the race card. The only issue, the only way I see it changing on, a, on in a, some sort of degree, and I don't think a black man will ever own an Italian football club, but if more black people own football clubs, because then... Think about it. If you're an owner of a football club and you're seeing your play and you're a black man and you're seeing your in your players or your fans racially abused in stands, you're gonna be more heartfelt and you're gonna be in a position where you can change it because you'll say to the league, "Listen, I'm not doing my money thing, or you better change this, or we're not gonna do this." Or, so, do you get what I'm saying? That's the only way I think a lot of issues change, and that not just racism. That's the only way um, marginalized groups can get make inroads to coaches, people. Because I've sat, at, I'm going off topic, but I've sat at incidences at coaching conferences where. People, commentators, a commentator, we all know people that, that we've grown up with listening on the TV. He said there's not there's a lack of black managers because um, these football clubs don't have a lot of black friends. Because when they're playing golf and deciding, they, they don't they're not it's not a black phone book and things. And that's that's true. But to level the level the playing ground, you would need black investors and black businessmen and all different diverse people to start consortiums and stuff. Then you would see black managers and black physios and even more black referees. And you would see you'd probably see more again, I'm not saying it'd be the answer, but you'd see more definitely see more of a fight in regards to racism because we're directly affected by these issues. I want people to stand by us, but at the end of the day, the only people that can free us from liberty, free us for liberty, into liberty, is ourselves, people, really and truly. Finally, before I cut off the video part of this, um, people, finally, I'll end it on Lukaku's statement, or not even Lukaku's statement, Ita Inter Milan fans claimed Caligari fans, supporters, were showing, were showing Romeo Lukaku a form of respect when they aimed monkey chants, which... I don't know what I'd be more affected by if I was Lukaku. The, the chance or the fact that you're trying to defend it and take me for an idiot. And I've just signed for the club. Now, Lukaku's a very smart man. Trust me, people. In my, in, my, in my professional life, the work I do, I've actually come across Lukaku. So I get to hear how he speaks and stuff. Trust me, people. He's got his head switched on and he's very good for talking about discrimination. He speaks a lot of languages. People call him unintelligent. He speaks a lot of languages, people, and scores a lot of goals. Um, he was under no illusion. You've heard him speak about racism in Belgium growing up. So he's dealt with it, people. Sorry, people, for that. People questioning his age and that. He, he, he's under no illusion. He was under no illusion joining Inter Milan, playing for in, in Italian football. There's going to be some bout of racism, people. He's under no illusion. Did he expect it to happen by his own, his own supporters to defend it? Did he expect it to happen so soon? Is a different case. End of the day, he scored a goal in the 2-1 victory and he won. And half of these people being racist and whatnot, their, their, their daughters, wives, they all want to try and look arguing every black man. Because you, know you know what they say about black man. Once you go black, you don't go black. You know? So... I don't know what it is, man. It's it's scary. But to hear their fans defend other fans, it would it would I, I would feel I don't know how I'd feel if I was Lukaku completely honest people. But carrying on it said We are sorry you thought that what happened you thought that what happened in Caligari was racist. You have to understand that Italy is not like many other North European countries where racism is the real problem. We understand that it could be seemed racist to you, but it's not like that. In Italy, we use some ways only to help our teams and to try and make our opponents nervous, but not for racism, but to mess them up. So this is a bit like what you hear in England at times, is that when people say the black see you next Tuesday at Creenham, it's not because you're a black see you, it's not because they're being racist, it's because you're black and they think you're a see you next Tuesday. I mean, I get that. You're trying to get under people's skin, but it's racist. Think about it, people. You wouldn't call someone a white see you next Tuesday, would you? 
um, unless you're trying to be racist. You wouldn't. So why is the first thing you see is my skin colour and then that? So you are racist people. It makes no sense. And I, I, it took me a while to understand that. And this is the same sort of rhetoric in Italy is to mess them up, is to get under their skin. Clearly you want to win and it brings out barbaricness, but there's many other ways. You could you could mock Lukaku's touch, the way he runs. I don't think he's fat, but his, his, his weight. You don't need to look at his skin colour and whatnot. So it is racist people. You're doing monkey chance. And it didn't bang because he scored a penalty. So he had the last laugh. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. I want Caligari to go bust. I don't want no Italian teams to win anything in Europe. I, I, this is, I'm fully got an agenda now, people. It is what it is. Um, moving on, it said, please consider the attitude of Italian fans and a form of respect for the fact that they are afraid of you, for the goals you might score against their teams and not because they hate you or they say they're racist. And people, these people probably calling him an N-word are asking for pictures after the game. And this is what I hate, when people try and normalise this racism thing. Yes, yes, they see Lukaku as a threat and a goal scorer, they wouldn't do this. But that's still no excuse. They could do several things to stop him rather than get at his skin colour people or kind of mock him. You could say you're just a local, you're just a Manchester United flop or you're a Chelsea flop or you you your your first touch or you you what's it you only score basic goals. There's so many things they could do. But yet again, the first thing is monkey chance. So you see, that's what you see. This is the this is the cultural problem, and it's condescending that you're trying to almost Give it, kind of make this normalised and try and say to Lukaku, we're not racist, we're just doing these things, get used to it, they're going to see you as a threat. Um, and, and shout out to Squinio as well, because he backed to Lukaku, apparently telling them to shut up, um, the, not, not the Italian fans, the Caligari fans. Um, and apparently in a statement, it said, Caligari intends to identify, isolate and ban those ignorant individuals whose shameful actions and behaviours are completely against those values that Caligari strongly promote. But people, you also said that, you also have seen reports that Caligari said that, that all of their fans are being unfortunately labelled as racist and things like that. I mean, there's no smoke without fire. Clearly, out of the however many thousands, however many people support that club, clearly not everybody's racist people. Let's use our common sense. But there are clearly some other some individuals who are like let's cut the crap. There are some individuals who are, and I've said Montari, Matuidi, um, Lukaku, Moise Keane, and I'm missing someone else out that I said at the start. That's about four or five players. There's no smoke without fire. I mean, from a judge is saying there's no evidence. From Caligari are doing a nice little condemning service just to make them look good. Again, lip service. All that matters now is if if there's a racial incident, you come out and say, think about it, people. If if so, let's just say. I was racist, people. Let's just say I was racist and I've come out and um, someone in my football club was racist, deluded FC. And I just have to come out as a chairman and say, deluded FC does not condemn racism. We promote um, equal opportunities for, for every, regardless of race or background. Or a nice little pretty statement like that. That's just, that's what players, people do. It's some some crap little PR sort of thing. That's all clubs do. Lip service. They, like I said, there was, if you type in their name, apparently, if you type in Caligari, you've got judges in, in terms of this racism case are saying they need more evidence. You've got the club kind of denying that, that other incidents is kind of denying that this is a thing for Caligari fans. So it makes it makes no sense, people. It really makes no sense. Racism is here to stay, people. And it's not going to change. It is what it is in that in that regards, people. And um, what more can I really say? Apart from on that note, I'm going to keep it moving in terms of my camera. I'm going to lock off the camera and we're going to carry on in terms of the podcast. I'm out. So you lot heard that there. All right, let's carry let's carry on, people. Where was we? Now, we've got over the racism stuff now. We've got, we've got through that. We can carry on with some more positive things, people. And more positive things being, first and foremost, 
I wanted to speak about Arvin Apayon. He's joined Almeria. Now, apparently he's joined Almeria from Nottingham Forest, who Arsenal are actually going to play in a couple of weeks in the Cat Yarabel Cup. Now, it did take me by surprise as to why they sold him, because he's 18, he's a promising player. You'd imagine he'll be sold from Almeria to another decent club. And he, I think he's got Premier League potential, potentially, people, one day. Um... Why they sold him, I don't know, but it, it did baffle me, people. The youth in England international, apparently from some research I did online, apparently Forrest are having issues in relation to players' contracts and selling him for £8 million or however much they sold him for can kind of give them money to deal with what they need to deal with. So again, that's for Nottingham Forest fans. I'm not really clued up to give an opinion. But yeah, if selling him helps pay off the debts and whatever it is, well, it is. And I feel technically he continues the trend of pardon me, young English players going abroad in, in diverse nations to play their football. So hopefully he first and foremost gets first team football because Almeria are building a decent squad. Um, Away from that, people, and obviously it's nice to see Saka, Tyrese, John Jules, Eddie and KAR, Reese Nelson, Mon Louise, a schoolboy playing for the under-18s and been called up by England's under-17s. Quite a few players have been called up by England for international duty. Joe Willock was, but he's pulled out because he's injured at the moment. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Um, so, I thought I'd held that up. Um, I don't know what, people, but if we just look at three former Gooners now, I don't see. I don't know if they're injured or their own situations, but I've not seen them in the England squad, in the in relative England squad. You've got Musa, who's just announced he's gone to Valencia. You've got Amici, who's just joined Hamburg. And you've got Okaflex of Celtic. Now, they're all abroad and they're all promising players, people. They've all got potential to be ballers. Um, they've all got potential to be great players in the future one day. Um, but none of them are in the English ranks. So maybe they've all got individual situations like, for instance, Amici and Musa have just moved to their respective clubs. So maybe they're focusing on their club career. But I did, I do think it is a bit weird that it's, they kind of go off the radar. Um Again, a completely off topic, but there's three youth players. There's more, but there's three youth players. If I was a German club or whatever, I'd be trying to get. First would be Mark Gurley. I can never Gurney, I can never say his name. Reminds me a bit of a young Rodiger at Chelsea. He's been called up to the England on under twenty ones, despite only playing twenty threes football. Really, I like him a lot. I don't know for potential and stuff, but if I was a German club, I think his contract is up in 2020. He'd be a situation I'd be looking at people, admittedly. The same goes for Angel Gomez, Angel Gomez, sorry, Angel Gomez, better yet, of Manchester United. And Veron, 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 sorry, why can't I speak? Veron Parks of Manchester, of Manchester, of West Ham United. He can play as a 10, he can play up front, very silky individual people. Again, I'm not here to talk about potential, but I think he'll have a future in the game as well. Very good one. So these are players I would monitor if I was a young German or or them sort of clubs there that kind of poach these players. Um, keeping up with that, Miguel Aziz and Malcolm Eboe um, are two players within our youth ranks. One plays on the flanks in Malcolm. Aziz is a midfielder who I think have the potential to reach Arsenal's first team. I genuinely believe that people, in my opinion. Um I do think there's a lot of players with potential, excluding Saka and the obvious ones. I think Aziz definitely, by the time he's 19, 20, should be in the first team, if not sooner. Um, so we'll, we'll see in that regards. What else have we got, people? Um, bringing me back to Arsenal now, putting it on to Arsenal. And people, do you think Xhaka runs the risk of being scapegoated? I say this because... Don't get me wrong, he makes mistakes, he's made mistakes. We, there's constructive criticism and whatnot, but then there's bashing the player and it becomes the great thing to do, the fun thing to do. And I think we're gonna we need to be careful that we're in that we're we get there. Um so I do think people need to be careful of skate going all players, not just Jacko, despite the fact he made mistakes on the weekend. 
But there was this statement he told, he, I like his mentality, but this is what he's told people. He said, of course, critics are always here. The North London derby, I think we had a good game. I made a mistake, but if you saw the game, we could have won. We had a lot of chances, but this is football. Nobody speaks about the chances. Nobody speaks about how many we missed. They always speak about the mistakes. This is part of football. And that's true, but, and I get it, I get it, Jacques. I agree with you. People do that. We could have won that, but at the end of the day, we can only deal with facts, especially as a club that wants to get into the Champions League. Facts are not just you, we make Leno and Socrates are getting away with mistakes for the first goal, but we made mistakes. Just like against Liverpool. Again, that's not me being harsh, that's dealing with the facts. Individual mistakes made us drop points. So we can say how many chances we had. At the end of, in, in May, we can't go to the Premier League or if we miss out on top four and say, Oh, we had a good game. We had a good game in September against Spurs where we could have won. Can we have some more points? It can't deal with that. Nobody speaks about the chances, which is true, but nobody speaks about them because they're just chances. They didn't go in the back of the net. We can't harp on about these things. This is a somewhat illusion at times with this football club or with people at this football club. It's like we're always trying to find positives when there's none really and again there's no negatives really with the Spurs game there are positives but at the same day we can only deal with the facts Xhaka and the Xhaka the facts are we drop points the, we could yes we could have won you said it yourself we could have won could have is not winning people so I don't agree with that Xhaka man I agree with that you think we played a good game I do agree with the general point you're making I do think regardless of your mistakes and stuff people shouldn't scapegoat you because like Xhaka, like Ozu and a couple of others, he will be at times. Whether you think these players are good enough is a different story, but at times they're actually not making mistakes and they're getting blamed for it. Away from this game, he has to hold his hands up. He had a bad game against Spurs, but there's going to come games where we lose and it's not necessarily Xhaka's fault, but people have made their beds so they're going to get at him. Um, that's where we need to avoid that sort of thing, people, and that's that's on fans to kind of be competent. Um, we've all, Apparently, we've named Saliba in our Premier League list, people, um, despite him not being here, which is a master's class, really, people, because um, apparently, if he's, he's 18, 19 now, if the next three years, he'll be classed as homegrown, which would, on top of just him being an attractive player, would help us in terms of registration, which is a good elite move from the club in terms of being forward-thinking. And I like that, man. I mean, in terms of being forward-thinking as well, you look at the contract situation, people. Um, Matt Macy is the only one that's 2020, right? Forgive me if I'm wrong, apart from maybe young players. And then 2021, you've got Mkhitaryan, Mustafi and Ozil's contract. So we've done a good job in outgoings and dealing with uncertainties. And I've been saying for the last couple of years, personally, a pet peeve of mine at Arsenal is that I'm not getting to just, just focus on football. There's always some players' contract issues. There's always something in the background you get and, it's, and it is quite jarring. So we put that to the back burner, people, which is fantastic, in my opinion. Um... Matt May not Matt Macy, Meza Ozil, Mustafi and Mkhitaryan in next summer would be who we need to move on. You're hoping Mkhitaryan plays a certain amount of games, so Mkhitaryan, um, Mkhitaryan. so Roma take him on permanently. Ozil is probably going to be here until his contract expires, so we've taken the hit. Mustafi, clearly a lack of interest, but we're, I think because of the moves we've done, we can kind of put all our energy from now to January to finding a move. And really... Um, Emre said he's not playing. If Emre follows through and, and doesn't play him even in Carlin Cups and whatnot, he'll have to review his situation and be forced to get his agent on the phone to review the situation, people, whether he likes it or not, because he just simply won't be playing games. So I think we've done a good job. I think in terms of contracts, I, I was just having a little guess. I think the next players I think would sign new contracts is... Obviously, I think first and foremost, Joel Willock should be rewarded with an improved deal. I feel Guendouzi is going to get one. I feel we've got to look at Torreira because in terms of protecting assets and whatnot, there's him. 
Lacazette and Aubameyang, we've heard the rumours in regards to their contracts, so we can't not speak about them. I do think, well, Saka turns 18 in September, if he hasn't turned 18 already. Um, I do think when you turn 18, you can sign extended terms. So I think Saka will sign extended terms, probably a five-year deal or something like that. I know Nelson signed a new deal before he went to Hoffenheim, but potentially because of being in the first team and protecting his value, the likes of him and Emil Smith-Rowe and maybe Eddie Nketi are coming back from his, his loan at Norwich, Norwich, sorry, Leeds, um, are going to sign new deals to protect their values. Because you're looking at it, if, if Eddie continues to score goals, he should become a 20, 20 million pound player by the end of the season. And I want him to make it here, but you've got to realise the sort of thing that's going on here. If it's deemed that he doesn't want to go to 23's football, we get an offer we can't reject. 20 million for Eddie is great, is great business. Um, I don't want him to leave, but you get it, people. So in terms of being forward-thinking and protecting our value, I'm liking what I'm seeing from that. Um, in that regards, um, Lucas Torreira versus Spurs. His minutes were... He played 63 minutes. He got 40, 47 touches. He created two chances. He won eight of his duels. He won three out of three for tackles, and he recovered the ball six times. Um, he played well, considering he's playing out of position. Now, there's many talks in regards to Torreira. Um, for me, he's probably still carrying a little knock as to why he doesn't look fully fit and going. Personally, I think Torreira can play as an eight or a six. I think he can do the box-to-box -box thing. I just don't agree with play him being in the... I don't want to say creative midfielder, but it looked like he was a creative force at times in that second half against Spurs. And he's he's definitely better in the final third than people give him credit for. You look at a lot of our goals last season, he might not have got the assists, but go and look at where the move started. And nine times out of ten is Torreira. And he's shown he can score a couple goals against Liverpool and last season against Spurs. I think we've got a kind of... I think our midfield is a bit of a mix and match because we've got some good options, but I don't feel everybody knows their role. So I think Torreira... Whereas in the Uruguay squad, everybody knows their role and Torreira is clearly the defensive middle, the defensive-minded player. I think there's an element of that at, at Arsenal, but I think at Arsenal it's a bit more chaotic. He's more more than being in a structured unit and he's putting out fires. He's just putting out fires all over the field. And I do think he does look a bit, at times, unsure of his position. For me, he's a... He's, he's, I was about to call Torreira a 10, that would be silly. He's an 8 or a 6. I When I say box-to-box -box midfielder people, I think he can contribute in an attacking sense, not getting goals and assists necessarily, but giving us something on the ball. I see no reason why he can't, him, someone like him and Gondolzi and Willock, them three don't have enough in possession to help dictate the tempo of a game. Um, so I think he can, I think he can do that. But when I say box-to-box, -box, I don't mean necessarily an Aaron Ramsey box-to-box -box midfielder that gets goals. I wouldn't mind that. But when I say that, I don't think, he, I, I want someone who's just, They've got an engine and they recognise that if they're going to go forward, they have to defend and they put out fires. Because you look at Liverpool, would you call Fabinho necessarily a defensive mid? He can play there, but he does up box to box, do you get it? And obviously he can play right back if need be for them, but you get the point. Um, so you've seen Torreira kind of at times been playing out of position. Is a part of that because Emre didn't necessarily want him as his first choice and is a bit unsure of how to use him. Again, I don't agree with that because my own logic, because didn't... Although he needed convincing on Terraria, he was provided with a, a PowerPoint presentation of sorts. So he's bound to have known full well about him and all his capabilities and everything he can he can and can't do and all of these sort of things, people. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else have we got to end this? Um, it's a bit of a weird stat, but Arsenal have yet to score a header in Emre's, in Una Emre's 21 home league games in charge, which is interesting considering we crossed the ball quite a lot. I, I mean, it's... In the grand scheme of things, it's nothing to really care about, but it is, it is a bit of a weird one. I'm sure you'd all all admit, people. Um, 
carrying on with with that trend as well. Apparently, Arsenal tried to get Vicinius Junior in the summer um, from Real Madrid, but we was blocked. Apparently, Edu Gaspar tried and we was blocked. Apparently, Juventus and AC Milan wanted him too, but he's integral to their plans. Now, that report is on Sports Witness via... Well, it was on Sports Witness and I think it started off as reports in Brazil. So, the validity, if that's even a word of them claims, personally, people, I don't have the foggiest clue how true it potentially is. But it'd be interesting if it if it was, people. Um, so, yeah, man, there's not really that much more to say. I'd say it's, it's sad that in this day and age, I guess this, this podcast has been kind of featured around racism and the racist incidents that we've gone through. I've tried to throw in Arsenal, Arsenal stuff to try and break it up a bit, but it is quite sad and really and truly... We shouldn't really be speaking about this in this in this day and age, really, really and truly. It's quite it's quite sad. Um, yeah, I mean, on a humorous note, I think Chesney's clearly having a bit of banter here, but he's played with Alisson and, and Buffon, and he said, "At Roma, I benched the best goalkeeper in the world. At Juventus, I best I benched the best goalkeeper ever. It turns out I'm the best goalkeeper in history." And what a sense of humour by Chesney, man. What a sense of humour. Um, I've actually just seen this and apparently apparently Grindosi saying Emre's trying to help him improve tactically and it's best I just read it. He said, whether it's defensively with the ball and without it, the manager wanted me to work a lot to work on a lot of things at a tactical level. I felt I was prog- I progressed a lot. I managed to make myself important to the team. And he said, on becoming an important player for Arsenal, it's something I really wanted to do. The manager told me that that he knew I would be a key part of the team this year, and that's what I've managed to do so far, um, which is good for him, man. Which is very, which is very good for him, man. And he's also said in regards to his France cap, he said, since I was a kid, it was a goal of mine, a dream. The fact it's becoming true, you recall all the steps in your career, the hard times, the important moments. It's when you're on the phone with your family that it sinks in. They were crying. Big him up, man. Big him up, because that's what football's about, man. We all had dreams, and keep progressing, Gwendozi. Like I just said at the start of this vid, I think he should be in line for a new deal potentially soon and whatnot. Um, but it's just down to him to keep progressing. So, people, I'm going to wrap this podcast up, man. Again, I feel quite upset, really, because the theme of this has been racism, but it's important to speak about everything. On that note, people, thank you for always watching and rocking and saluting my stuff. It's appreciated. Deluded, I'm out. Make sure you check out all of my content. I'm on all social media channels, DeludedGuna04 on everything apart from Snapchat, which is DGuna04, and and YouTube, which is just DeludedGuna. You type me and subscribe to that, and we're out, people. What more can I say, man? Thank you for watching and rocking and being with me for these 40-odd minutes, people. DG, I'm out. Stay blessed, stay safe, and whatever you're doing today.